Hello, welcome to the fourth episode, I think I'm right in saying it, the fourth episode of Modern Day Thoughts. My name is Isaac Butterfield and thank you so much for joining us yet again. Before we get on with the actual podcast, I must remind you of our fantastic, amazing, bloody good-looking sponsor, Fit and Fresh. If you haven't got stuck into Fit and Fresh yet, you are kidding yourself. They're taking everything that's good in everything and putting it in a little container for you so you don't have to worry about cooking. It's outsourcing the cooking so you can get busy living. That's their, that's their motto. That's what they live by. So get on to fitandfresh.com.au. Check on their Facebook page, their Instagram page, whatever you've got to do. Get involved with it somehow. And you can even, at the checkout, chuck in MDP, the code word MDP, to get 10... MD, MDT. MDT from some local I haven't even introduced yet. <laughs> MDT. MDT, MDT for modern day for modern day thoughts. sports. Yes, chuck that into the code word box, and you're going to get ten percent. Right? Oh, don't put me up on this. We don't know. You're going to get a discount. That doesn't matter what it is. You're going to get a discount. You love free shit, don't you? It's excellent. Good stuff. All right, let's get on with the podcast. I'm joined with, of course, as every week, the other co-host. You already know his name, uh, Bryce Fleming. G'day, mate. How you going? G'day, Isaac. Thanks, mate. Good to see you again. Yeah, great. It's like we haven't even seen each other for the last hour and a half. Um, it's great to be here, Bryce, and we are somewhere special today. So let's jump straight into the introduction. Uh, please, take it away. Yeah, sure. I'd like to introduce uh, a friend of mine by the name of Lee Wilson. Hello, everybody. Hello, Lee. How you going, mate? Welcome to Modern Day Thoughts. Thank you. Lee, flat out. Big day. It's hot in here. We're in the studio here. It's a it's a warm day. Bryce was signalling to Lee before that he wanted to take his shirt off, but please refrain from doing that. Mr. Fleming, as uh, you know, we're all trying to remain quite professional here. But uh, Raw Commander, this is yeah. massive in here. Yeah, it is pretty big. It's a big size gym. Got about 700 square metres. Wow. Um, a floor space and got it broken down to a few different areas. So, um, yeah, no, it's a great big gym. Absolutely. Love I mean, it. there's so much room, there's so much going on in there. I mean, if you get a chance to, to jump down to Raw Commander, come in and just have a look. I'm sure um, Lee won't have a problem with that because it's very impressive. Um, Bryce, you spend a bit of time down here yourself? Yeah, I train here a few days a week as uh, as I love to do, and I've been uh, how long I've been training at Rock Commando for now, Lee? Oh, two years, two and a half years. Probably two and a half years, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. You weren't with us at Warners Bay? Yeah, yeah, I was with you at Warners Bay um, for maybe three years. It probably is coming close to three. Yeah, yeah, because we've been here now for two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I was here for about three and a half minutes before I decided that it was very, very hard. Uh, <laughs> Bryce tried, me get, tried to get me to do a muscle-up. I can get a couple of chin-ups, chin-ups out, don't worry about that. But no, you ups, can't. Let's, let's be honest. Mate, I'll go out there after that podcast and I'll smash out three. <laughs> Blow you blokes out of the water, don't worry about that. But uh, Lee, uh, you're in Gateshead now with uh, the Royal Commando, I thought we should probably say that, uh, out in Gateshead. But um, you haven't always been uh, running a CrossFit gym. Are you, are you a Newcastle boy? Uh, yeah, born and bred in Newcastle. What part? Um, down at Swansea in Belmont. Swansea boy. So yeah, grew up there, went to Swansea High, um, down at uh, Marks Point Public before that. Very nice, very nice. Yep, and then um, joined the Army yeah. uh, pretty much as a young fellow, left, did that, disappeared for a little while, um, and then got out of that about five, six years ago, and pretty much the only skills I learned in the Army were um, you know, holding a gun or holding a weight, so it was um, one or the other we had to go to. Absolutely. So that, up in this one. Yeah, so that's where the commando name come from? Yeah, correct. Yeah, spent, um, spent about uh, five to six years in commando units, and then before that a few years in an infantry unit. Yep. And um, the last year or two of my um, my sort of uh, tender, I guess you could call it, was out at um, our Special Forces Training Centre. And um, before that, it was down at the 2nd Commando Regiment. 
for about four years as a gun fighter down there. So let's delve into the training aspect, Bryce. I mean, um, obviously the training in here is pretty full on, but how does it compare to the commando training? It actually has a lot of replications in it. The, um, the mental side of things that we use to push people in here is still the stuff that I use to push people in commandos in the selection course and what was used on me in my selection course and then subsequently in all the other reinforcement cycle courses. So yeah, probably translates more than anything. And we just ran a comp a little while ago where there was um, a few people pulled out as they went. And um, I'm sure that if they had had certain mental strength training, they might not have actually pulled out halfway through it. So yeah, it does replicate across. Can I um, just ask Lee, am I right in saying that uh, the CrossFit, the sport of it, really did just evolve from um, a lot of the development of trying to create a overall strongest, fittest warrior out there? Was that a lot of the, uh, the buildings of the CrossFit? To a degree, yeah. It was actually a program that was designed for first responders. Mm -hmm. So first responders being um, military, police, um, medical services, those first responders whose day-to-day um, -day role encountered um, lifting, moving objects um, awkwardly, encountered um, not, um, not being able to um, see what was about to come, so you have to respond quickly to it. Um, so you need a training regime that is based around functional movement performed at high intensity for short periods yeah, that keeps you fit and strong. So that does have that aspect in it and that's pretty much what it was designed for and the military, especially the US military, took it as their training regime. Mm -hmm. So when you say uh, like uh, lifting awkward objects, are you talking like a person or are you talking, you know, if you were to lift um, like a, a gun or, you know, something like that uh, in, the, in the forces, um, is, that, is that what you mean? And then replicate that in a gym type environment. So you might use like a, a sandbag or something as, a, as an equivalent. Is that how it works? Pretty much exactly that. Yeah, the, the idea is that you, um, or the, the concept of the program originally, to do, um, to do functional movements in a controlled environment, train those aspects so that later on if you have to do it, you run the risk of doing less injuries. Mm -hmm. So just say if, um, say if you take a, a normal training regime where you might never, let's just say three sets eight to ten on a, on a um, bicep curl machine, a little bit of cardio on the walker or something, and you don't actually um, ever do any style functional movements of cleans, picking stuff up, that, um, that program that you're running, you'll probably never get hurt doing that program, but later on if you try to lift something, say if, you're, um, say if your son dove awkwardly into water and you had to get him out of the water quickly, you, know, you might injure yourself doing that, or if your car broke down on the road and you had to push it off, we train in here pushing sleds around and lifting heavy stuff and moving it and that, so that if ever you need to do it, um, you've already got that muscle recruitment that's been uh, trained in a controlled environment, um, you can recruit it when you need it. So really, it's you're just trained to be better at life. Is that is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so you yeah, can be the best best version of you that you can be, so that you can tackle whatever comes your way, and um, you know have strength and uh, and agility and all that kind of stuff as you you age and everything as well. Um, and that's look. This is one of the reasons why um, you know I chose CrossFit as my preferred style of exercise because. As you said, it's uh, you know it's it's functional, it's strength based. It's only for a short amount of time. The actual workouts. A lot of people don't believe how how quick a workout can go. Um, you know, what's the quickest you've ever done a workout in? Uh, well, I think probably the 
quickest would be maybe like a grace, um, which is like an under two minutes, um, like a minute 40 grace. And that's only as simple as um, clean and jerking a bar, so lifting, for those who don't know, just lifting a bar through to the chest and then above your head and doing it 30 times. But you're doing it at, you know, some people's body weight of like 60 kilograms and you're doing it at a fast speed. That workout only goes short, but then for the next 10 to 20 minutes, your heart rate is still so elevated that if you're talking about burning calories as, mm. as the main thing you want to achieve, mm. you can pretty much do that, go and sit somewhere and, and you're going to be the same as sitting on a bike for 20 minutes. Yeah. You've just you've <coughs> elevated that heart rate so much, it takes so long to come down, but you've really pushed that metabolic training system. Mm. You're talking about the clean and jerk, and I was talking to Bryce before the podcast about uh, how I implemented that into my training, and I was... I'm, before I you know, started doing gym work, which is only recently, I just never really got into it for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Can't tell I know, I know. I look, I look gorgeous. But um, I, I started doing like you know the clean and jerk in my gym up at Dudley. We just got yep. a gym in the back of the sheds, and I found that you know I got to a point where I was in, you know I was doing okay at it, and I found that throughout the year, the entire year playing footy, my defence was you know through the roof. My timing was perfect, and the power that was coming out of my legs was so much better than just doing like a leg press. Yeah. You know, and it's that I guess that's that whole the whole CrossFit mentality is the functional movement. Is that the that's the basis of? Well, pretty much. Well, you think about if you take a football scenario, um, it's you really break that sort of movement pattern down to you've got to get down and up off the ground. So you've got to change elevation position quickly. Mm. So we do burpees, um, and we do lots of them. We're going really quick. Um, how many times you get down and up off the ground? So that's the functional movement done in the gym. It's pretty much the burpee. Um, you have to um, lift someone or pick someone up and push them a distance. Well, if you can raise a barbell up through a clean and you can do it at, say, a guy's weight of 100 kilos and you can replicate that X amount of times, that's going to help you when it comes to putting that power output to, to picking someone up and moving them. Mm. Um, so any of those forms of exercise are going to help you as opposed to being static sitting in a chair because when you go out and play footy you can't take that chair out there set it there and get the cable and set it up and then put the pin where it's got to go you need to just you know do what you've got to do right there and then mm. and that's why doing sort of functional movements like um, picking stuff up and moving it um, or like an atlas stone lift is something that's quite good for a football player because you've just got to pick it up it's awkward it moves it's unforgiving it's not going to be in the same place you left it very similar to a footy field. So if you've been doing that in your training, you're going to notice that out there as opposed to, like you said, just sitting on a leg press. So not taking anything away from leg press, great, great way just to build muscle, but you're not going to get that functionality drive out of it. You're only going to get them just purely the muscle stimulation and the, the breakdown of muscle which will build, make it build as opposed to making it build and making it move as well. Mm. So Isaac, I've actually got a question for you. Because you, you obviously do come from a uh, football background and you've been hanging around people that play football for probably most of your life. With their type of training, um, do you think it's going to end up heading in this functional way? I mean, do, do a lot of the, the players nowadays um, incorporate this CrossFit style or is it still very much still the old school type of bodybuilding type routine? It seems to change every every single year that they, there's always new things implemented but it's certainly come a long way since like, the 80s. I mean, me personally... We don't train at the Dudley Magpies, who we should definitely be down here at this gym. Uh, we don't train professionally, obviously. Uh, the boys do their own gym work and they do yep. their own training. We train twice a week because we're all, you know, we're all 
odd jobs and like everyone everyone else we can't be trained every every night at the footy fields. Anyway, um, and they're not getting paid. So, uh, but as for like NRL sides, I mean, my old man was always very key on doing functional movement. He said, mate, you've got to be doing your, your cleans and your powerlifting. You know, he, he, that was his big thing. He, he told me actually recently that in the last two years of his career playing in the NRL, he, all he did at training, aside from a little bit of cardio running and you know, running on the field, was uh, the rower. Mm. He'd do three hours of the rower in the morning and an hour and a half in the afternoon, and that was his training mm-hmm. for yeah, just build, building aerobic capacity. That was his big thing. Like he had a, I think he said he had a lung capacity of, a, of one of those deep-sea divers. Mm. Or, or one of those things. But yeah, I, 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 I'm not 100% across the, the training patterns of you know NRL sides, but I can imagine that from what Lee said, and that, that that's obviously the best way to do it, having those functional movements. Because on a football field, you don't know if you're going to have to just pick, pick something up or you're going to pick someone up or you're going to have to dive across, tackle mm. someone, do something else. You know, There's all these different variables that could uh, potentially happen. Yeah, definitely. It just makes sense, doesn't it, to, to train the way that you're about to... Um you know, play a sport or train for that sport in a very uh, functional way. To me, it just it's a no-brainer. Um, but there is a lot of kind of stigma out there against CrossFitters in general. Um, you know, I think there's a bit of a bad reputation or a um, uh, almost like a wankerish type of reputation. That and we have touched this public. in the podcast uh, previously. Uh, and there is, there is, there's no hiding from it. It's the same with a lot of professions uh, or, or uh, ideas or ideals that it does have a, a wankerish, for lack of a better term, um, label attached on it for some people who have never experienced it. Mm. And Lee, do you find that when people come down here, they, they leave with that same attitude or they change oh, their look, I've, got a, I've got a Harley with a, with a number plate that says no rep, so I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how I could be portrayed as a wanker. <laughs> That's actually true. There you go. There you go. Look, it is as it is. You could take, you know, you take thousands of people, put them together. There is going to be that element within it. It's, um, you can't get away from it. And there, it's like anything. People do some things really good. People do some things really bad. There's CrossFit itself in, um, in a, you take in Australia, I think in the Open last year with um, all categories, both males, females, in the open, um, the masters categories that were in it, it was like something like uh, fourteen thousand people competed in it, and then out of that, you've probably got maybe those numbers again or close to it of people just doing it. So we might, you know, have thirty thousand people doing it. There's going to be wankers within that group. Like it's, it's just the way it is. Um, the the gym itself um, does get a our gym in particular does have a Rap not for being wankers, but does have a rap for the um, for the type of training that we do. I make it hard here, and I make it no um, no excuses that it's going to be tough here. And the um, the amount of sessions, our average session in for our alpha program is a ninety minute session. Um, a lot of the people who come in, um, what people or the way I view it, what happens is someone new will come into the gym. And if they do have a preconceived idea about it, they will, in their first session, they'll either love it or hate it and you'll change their mind. Some people come in and they may have been at their local gym. Um, in that local gym, they, whatever activities they're doing, it's not measured, it's not scored, um, and it's not to a standard. So um, the other day I had, I had a guy who's a, who's a friend of mine. Um, his wife trains with me, he's been training here for years. 
she finally got him to come along, he um, was sitting through our own bench press. Now, he's been at a, at a local gym, about a 35-year-old guy. He's been doing bench press pretty much every day his whole life, and it's just part of our training here. When he set it up, his first couple of reps were not even halfway to his chest. They were, you know, about a, what old class says, not even half a rep. And that's the level he had been doing. And when I got him to try and go to a full depth chest press, he um, had never even done it before and wondered why we're doing it that way. And when I told him that's the way that we do it because everyone's got a, got a, like got a pair of tears, they've got a chest, and everyone can lock their elbows. It's the same standard across the board. Mm. So in turn, his bench press went about 60 kilos down of what he could normally yeah. do, yet um, he left with the mentality like, wow, you know, it's actually good, we've got a standard now. I thought my bench press was like 165 kilos, but it was only moving the bar a little bit. Um, sometimes what happens is those people come in and when you try and get them to do it to a standard, they get disheartened or they um, turn off because they're not as good as what they thought they'd do. And they have some guy beside them who's doing correct standard, correct form, um, who might look physically a lot less than them, lifting more than, more than them because they're actually using good, good quality form and actually doing it to a standard. And that's the same replicated across all the moves. You know, their, their clean might look something like just picking it up and putting it to their chest because they've never had to do it. But some, and they might be a 100 kilo guy, some guy who's like 70 kilos looks wiry but can actually generate force from the ground up, can use his hips and needs to drop beneath the bar, can squat into a full depth position, receive in a rack position, utilize, you know, his core and glutes to get out of it. Might be lifting way more. Um, and that person then, you know, has to work out in their head whether, you know, they can actually handle this mentally, that they're not the, you know, the big fish in the little pond anymore, they're now a little mm. fish in the big pond. And sometimes they turn around and they, they don't want to come back because of they've seen that and they've been outlifted or whatever and their ego's playing the way. And with that, sometimes we see that they just didn't like it and they'll put a label to it or didn't like it, give them whatever sort of whatever label they want to it. But in my mind, I look at it and go, well, if you'd stayed and actually tried it, you, you probably would have increased your lifts across the board. Mm. Um, but most we find come and do it, um, you know, little to a lot of form correcting and that, and then they love it and they end up, you know, staying on and becoming part of the cult that we end up getting for. <laughs> well, know. I guess with the cult war, the, the word. I mean, it's an organisation, it's a group of people, which I guess by the definition is a cult, but so is a football team or a bikey group or yeah. the liberals, you know. It's all culty yeah. sort of connotations. But I guess if for a cult, you'd have to have, you know, hate or something burning from it or a negative approach to the wider community. I guess that would define a cult, Bryce. Well, I think that's what... <clears throat> general population yeah. feel a cult is, um, they put a definitely a negative connotation uh, when you say the word cult, but I mean, you're right, it is just a, a group of people with similar interests, really, when you, when you knuckle it yeah, down. Absolutely, and I mean, like, for me personally, Lee, like, I do stand-up, and people, if you take a group of 100 people, like, usually 100 will laugh, because I'm fucking hilarious, but, you know, you take 25% uh, mothers, and they fucking hate anything with swearing or anything like that, the other 50% are you know, they're uni kids and they love it, you know, or they talk about anything, and the other 50% of the other whatever's left, there's 25, that's right. <laughs> General mass. Obviously, obviously um, I'm a mathematician. <laughs> I've got a cake about it. Um, yeah, that's 25% are just, you know, they're, they're undecided or whatever. Or they might hate me. 
you know, and, and that's okay. Like, I, I have crowds where I do a joke that I know works everywhere, but it doesn't work there. And the same with CrossFit, like, you know, it works here, everyone knows it, everyone loves it, but if you go take it over to a gym over, over the yonder, everyone goes, nah, mate, no, nah, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just a personal preference or a yeah. personal ideal or a personal idea that they've, they've had their minds conditioned by their friends or their media or their social... That's where I think it. The, I think where it where it breaks down is um, like here in Australia. It only really come to scene maybe six to seven years ago, and and it's really only come on to play maybe three to five years ago. So it's very very new. The amount of market share it's grabbed from the um, from the global population of normal gyms um, has been exponential. It's really it's really grabbed a um, grabbed a share of it. So the biggest way to get people not to do that is to create fear within it. So you have a lot of um, a lot of local gyms who will bag it out, who will do anything they can to try and make it sound bad. Um, and most of those things are from people who've never actually been in a CrossFit gym. Um, the if those people would come and try it and actually be a part of it, they probably it's Enjoy CrossFit, it. CrossFit doesn't change. It hasn't reinvented the wheel. It's been doing things which. Normal gyms have been doing for years, um, like cleans and pull-ups and running and everything. It's been doing the same thing. It hasn't reinvented it. It's put a shiny new name on a few old things. But what it does do completely different than everywhere else is it brings people together. And everyone, when you, going back to my military days, when you do something that's extremely hard and you go through an experience with that person, you create a bond with them. When you do that five days a week for three months... You create a really good bond with that person. So you start to share these experiences and that no one else has outside this gym. You could, um, like I could be walking, well this actually happened. Um, I had a CrossFit Raw Commando t-shirt on when I went overseas about two years ago um, walking through a um, walking through a LAX airport and some guy goes, hey dude, you did CrossFit? And I was like, yeah man. He's like, what's your friend time? He's like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know, 220 at the moment, it's, it's pretty good. He's like, hell yeah, that's awesome, sub three. Keep on, man. And I was like, yeah, cool, dude, see ya. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that's, and that's someone in America never even met, but you have those experiences the same, and that's why it gets that cult sort of reference. Yeah. Because you know that, but you can't just say you train at, um, I'm not going to mention any of the languages, but just say you train at a local gym down the road and you're walking through an airport and you had that local gym shirt on, no one's just going to, everyone's just going to walk past you. You know, you don't have that same experience of what they do because the um, the whole world gets brought together by one competition in CrossFit once a year, you know, in the CrossFit Open. And you uh, said before we had like 13,000, I think across the world is like 155,000 people doing, you know, every every week they're doing one workout. So you were seeing things in America, people, you know, oh, I just did this. And you can gauge yourself against that. The... Nowhere else has done that within fitness. So even though, like one of the workouts two years ago was doing, um, back to the footy thing of burpees, it was seven minutes max effort burpees. There was people all around the world posting scores. Um, that was something that was brought together with the whole world. And you know, if you were to do that in your local gym, you'd be the only person doing it. Mm. Here in Australia, you know, at that time, I think it was probably five or six thousand people did it. Around the world, maybe fifty, sixty thousand people did it. That's an experience that everyone shared, and I could see someone in CrossFit if you know if you went to the games or whatever, and chatted to anyone. They even had um, 
a video of Rich Frenning doing them. That's like a, a thing that happened three years ago. That you know, a workout that you did in your gym three years ago, no one's gonna know. No one gives a shit. Whereas here, that is something that is, oh my god, I'd hate to do that. And if you mentioned that, it would be you know, people are just shying away. Mm. You know, experiences like the word Murph. You just say that word around the gym and everybody knows it. Or if you go to America and hear, um, hey, we're doing Murph today, and you see me drive out of the driveway as quickly as possible. It's because you know that <laughs> experience. You know, it's a hard workout. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a long, hard workout. And that's, that's that cold thing because I can mention this word to Bryce and he's like, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Heavy Grace or something. Bryce would be like, yeah, I'll see you at five. Like, I'm going to three. Or I was like, yeah, well, I'll see you at five. Heavy Grace. That was, yeah. that was an old girlfriend of yours. Wasn't uh, <laughs> heavy Grace. Don't you talk about Grace like that. <laughs> yeah, but that's, like, that's it, where it, I keep delving off it, but where it's different is because um, it's grabbed such a market share because it's created an atmosphere and environment and experiences for people that the regular gym just cannot, it can't create it. It can't do it. It tries like, the, every day they try and create a new group, a new class, but they still can't replicate what it is. And, you know, if you come into a gym and you become interested in CrossFit and you do it, you and you love it, you pretty much can't go to any other training regime. It just, you won't get that experience anywhere else. Mm. It seems like, um, and we touched on this uh, uh, throughout a few points now, but it seems like the fact that it has brought the world together in a, in a, in a community and it does it through standardising workouts and standardising, um, uh, you know, benchmarks and things like that. Um, and then being able to use, you know, the, the social media that we have available to then, you know, it literally expand that um, community as a whole. Um, you know, I think that in itself is probably one of the reasons why um, it does get a little bit of a bad reputation through the social media aspects. Because if you think about it, People don't really kind of film themselves or watch themselves doing a bunch of sit-ups or burpees, mostly. You see people doing kind of really hard top-end things like, you know, trying to snatch with a, you know, one-legged squat trying to snatch something, right? And for a lot of the people out there that don't understand what it's all about, they'll see these social media things and they just assume that standing on your head trying to do like a one-handed push-up is the normal thing for CrossFit. You know, they think it's that's that's what it is. So I think um, maybe the fact that you know what people post um, has created a uh, a social media, um, uh, I suppose, challenge in the CrossFit world. What what do you think about that? Yeah, it's like like we said at the start, hundred thousand people. There's going to be idiots within it. Jesus, idiots within the local community around here. Um, idiots within this room, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do they say when there's one finger pointing at someone, there's three fingers pointing right back at yourself? Yeah, it is as it is. It's a, it's a, it's a wild beast. It'll, um, there's going to be those people. I mean, there was a comp in America that had people running, um, running and jumping over, um, over hurdles. I saw that. Yeah, that was just yeah. stupid. And that's um, like. You know, I love and protect CrossFit, but I sat there going, wow, you know, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I run comps every year. I run six now. We've had no injuries at all. But people get, you know, cut hands and scrape knees from a box jump and that, but not a single injury. Mm. Um, 
there, there are people who are doing it well and there are people who are not doing it well. Um, if you take the, the whole key ass, like the whole broad picture of it, yes, you're going to end up with those people who do stuff and post bad stuff, but there are so many good things that come along with it that I believe it outweighs it. Like before we had CrossFit, and I was telling this to someone the other day, how many mums that are, you know, middle-aged mums go to their local gym and rack up a bar and back squat, jump on a bench and bench press, mm. or jump out, grab the bar and uh, squat snatching, or trying to do pull-ups. They don't have the confidence. Yeah, this, or they're yeah. not exposed to it. They don't. They think it's not for them. That's the men's section. The idea. Yeah, yeah, that's like yeah. There are some bad things, and you know, there's, there's a lot of bad things about other training regimes. And I know for sure that there's a lot of bad things within CrossFit. Um, there's a lot of good that go on, and that's one of the things like. The amount of women now that lift barbells or that won't do a workout without a barbell is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it's taught women that they can actually jump on a bar and do stuff like, you know, pretty much every girl that comes in here who's never done crossfits, never done a bench press, back school, clean, um, snatch, none of it. Once they get it and love it, they get out there and they're overhead squatting, they love it, they're telling their bodies to move certain mm-hmm. ways and they'll do it. And, you know, it becomes challenging to actually get their body to do it. I think it's uh, I think it's quite empowering for, um, uh, for for women generally. From what I've seen uh, with people entering the gym, you know, as like you said, the confidence and yeah. you know, it, it does. It brings confidence back to them um, in their physical ability, but but also you know, social ability and a um, you know, it's 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 an amazing thing to watch someone go through a transformation um, from when they first start. So, Lee, maybe can you tell us? Um, just say you had uh, like a. a a young mum who has had no training, like you said before, and enters the the gym in this environment. Would you kind of walk through what their experience might be like? You know, how how would you train them and coach them, or do you have other people coaching them and all that kind of stuff? So just just kind of break it down so you know you know how it all kind of works. Okay, um, let's call her Susie. Susie. Susie okay. rocks up. Um, usually emails or phones or something for her. And lets me know she wants to come. Great. Um, she comes, the first thing I get her to do is come in and just jump into a class. And what I do in that class is I have a talk with her before it and find out what she has done before in her time. And usually I'll try and keep the barbell away from them or give them the most basic move of maybe a, a deadlift or a bench press or something like that there. Um, and what I try and find out is what she can and can't do. And we'll spend about five to 10 minutes before the workout um, just making sure she knows a basic pattern of what she's going to do and that she's safe enough to do it. And then the weight, we usually just roll them with a training barbell, two training plates on the slide, so that, and body weight activities so that she can do the workout. And then um, a lot of other gyms don't do this, but I like to do this here because that way they can come in and they can do a workout, which they feel comfortable in doing, but they can see a few different things. They can see the way the coaching works around the gym, the way the digital program is set up, the music, um, heavy metal um, on some classes, you know, disco at some, depending on what, which class they turn up at. They can see their clothing or in some of the lack of clothing with guys and girls, the, um, the um, smashing of barbells around them, the sound the chalk flying everywhere, the what I like to call the CrossFit Rock Mundo environment. Yeah. And I get them to do that. Um, a, I make sure they're going to be safe in their what, 
Um, doesn't matter even if I just get them doing push-ups, sit-ups, squats for 30 minutes in that environment. Because at the end of the day, I'll go through what I do with them at the moment, but at the end of the day, the workout's going to be different every day. The one thing that's not going to be different is the environment. It's going to stay the same all the time. There's going to be people smashing barbells down loud around you. Um, there's going to be music pumping. Mm. There's going to be it's exciting. guys and girls, yeah. you know, yeah. lifting heavy weight. There's going to be people grunting. There's going to be you know people running in and out of the room. It's going to be a lot of environment which isn't you know them on a treadmill which they're used to with someone beside them, earphones in, yeah. no one talking, just a simple lady at the desk. Hi, how are you going? That's the environment, their fitness they're used to. Yeah. Um, you know, Justin Bieber playing. Um, that's the commercial gym environment that they're used to. This is completely different. Some people hate it and they don't want to be around that environment. That's yeah. cool. This isn't for them. But I get them to jump in and do that so that they see what the environment's like. Yeah. And then at the end of it, um, and I get them to do it for free, come in um, and, and have a go at it. At the end of it, I don't even ask them anything about the workout. On that day, I do not care how they like that workout. I want to know that they were safe and they didn't get any injuries. But what I want to do is I want to find out how did you like the experience of the environment? Yeah. Did you did you like the way that, you know, um, the music was pumping? We had, you know, Heavy Grace going with our alpha side. Bravo was doing this. You know, did you like the coach that was working the session? Did you like the program that I explained that runs, you know? Um, did you like everything about the environment? Mm. Because if you do, the environment's going to be here tomorrow, next week, and, you know, next year. The environment's going to stay the same. It's, it's always going to be there. What's, what's going to be different is the workout mm. and your skill within the workout's going to change. Then if Susie's like, yeah, I love that, that was awesome, um, I have a look at, I have a look and say, look, um, we need to get you, you've never done any form of Olympic lifting, we need to get you to do some, um, some basic um, elements training. And then from that, um, we've got about 15 level one CrossFit coaches um, and uh, myself and others who are Olympic lifting and powerlifting coaches within the gym. And then we choose the best person to do it, usually female and female, male and male. They'll come in and do two um, fundamentals training sessions as a minimum maybe one or two more some people need um, and then they get the basics down pat and then they can just start coming in and they can do those ones while they're doing the class and we just leave the barbell out till they learn it. and then once they've got all that you know within sort of a few weeks then they're um, embedded within the class and they just choose whether to do our alpha program oh sorry um, if they're new to it if Susie's new to it she has to do our Bravo program for minimum six months and that's our basic program mm-hmm. um, and it's just built around functional fitness so we leave a lot of our high-end movements out, like our muscle-ups and our squat snatches and that. They stay out of that um, and our handstand work. And then, um, you know, after six months, if she wants to do the alpha program, we give her a bridging program to do individually and then she can bridge across into our advanced program. So it seems like you've got a real um, kind of step-by-step way of being able to help people from the absolute beginner to get them to wherever they want to go. Um, and I think, you know, I think a lot of the time that is missed in a lot of, um, uh, you know, communities generally. And I think that's, you know, one thing, it's probably one of the reasons why, you know, this is probably the most successful gym in Newcastle, I'd say, as far as CrossFit gyms go. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be a member of, of that, that type of community, you know. And the thing with Susie too, you mentioned, um, you know, the environment. 
the thing that I see as well a lot of the time, if, if Susie, it is Susie we're talking about, isn't it? I think it's Susie. Was it yeah. Susie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Grace, heavy Grace. No, no. no it wasn't heavy Grace. There's too many, so, many films. So if it was Susie, um, and she was starting at the uh, first day, and she did a workout with the rest of the class who have you know different weights and different abilities, but they're all doing the same workout, more than likely Susie's going to come last in that kind of workout. But the thing that, that really... Um, you know, inspires me is that the people that have already finished, they'll come and actually help Susie. They'll encourage Susie and get her to, you know, finish the workout and get the job done. You know, and that in itself, you know, when you start to see progression of people, um, yeah, that's that. Remember, I said about the experience, the yep. really that bonding experience. That's that right. That's it, right there. Yeah. You know that they know that. You know, she might only be lifting, you know, twenty kilos on her bone. He might be lifting. 100, that feels like 100 kilos for her. Uh, exactly. So that is that experience that they've all shared together yep. allows them to bond over that. Yeah, they're all going through the same experience, just different levels of different uh, abilities, but the same same experience. Yeah. Yeah. The environment is something I've never even thought about with a CrossFit gym or a gym in general, but when you think about a gym, like I walked in the other day uh, to my gym and I fairly saw a grown man looking into the mirror at his quads that he was flexing when he pulled up his shorts. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life and I'm considering leaving. Because that's just, I just can't cop that. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> just do it alone. Christ's sake. But, I mean, I, I, I like what you're talking about. Like, everyone's helping people. It's a good thing. It's like when I come back from my football back from, from my football background, everyone helps people. Yeah. You know, you've got to have that help there. I mean, you were talking about before, uh, mental strength. How important do you do you, do you, do you think the mental strength is in, in not only training, but uh, with yourself, with your time in the armed forces? Obviously, mental strength is a massive thing. But with everything in day-to-day life, is it just a key key aspect of your day-to-day life? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's everything. It's, um, yeah, pretty much the, like the course that I had to do and the training I had to do and then the, um, later on the deployments I have to do, you could be the fittest, strongest person in the world, but if you're not mentally strong, yeah. then you'll just crumble under pressure. Mm. And you see it in... Actually, we don't really see it. I don't see it that much in here because it, um, it'll always roll from the top down and a lot of people see um, what I want out of them and they, they you know work to that. But you can see it even in our comp that we ran a couple of weeks ago. It happened where people lost their mental strength throughout it and then they, they quit. And I won't let anyone quit in the gym here. It just doesn't happen. Um, you start something, you finish it. Uh, it's not going to kill you. You just keep going till you get it done. There's always a time cap for it, you know, and they'll work to that time cap. But here, whether it's here or outside, mental strength is something that if you don't have it in day-to-day life or whatever, you'll, you know, you'll crumble when, when the cookies are down. You know, when, when you need to be strong, you know, you'll crumble and, I don't want to get political, but you look at the um, you look at the situation with um, with um, the um, the Lint Cafe activity down there. Um, I wasn't there, but if you look at the outside in facts, there's a lot of people just you know within that building who might not have had a bit of mental strength. If they had that training, the same thing that happened in France with um, with the soldiers who took that guy down straight away. They had mental strength, mental toughness. And we're able to do something straight away, and you know, might not be in the gym, might be somewhere else, might even be on the world political, um, you know, terrorism world we have at the moment. That mental strength 
mm. can either make or break it and you know, it can be a life or death sort of thing if it's in the wrong place. And it's not too far out of the realms for some people, you know. There are some people have got themselves caught up in situations, like I just mentioned a moment ago, that mm. you know, where mental strength, you know, might have played a part in so this is a reoccurring theme on modern day thoughts. It's um, it really is the mindset or the strength that allows you to become a success in whatever it is that you do. Um, and as I mentioned before, um, you know this is the uh, probably the, one of the best gyms, uh, if not the best gym facility in Newcastle. Um, you know it's it really is uh, the pinnacle of of uh, CrossFit in the area. And I think you know from what I can see, a lot of that mental strength has. Um, developed through, uh, you know, your, Lee, your understanding and your background and allowed you to use that and then to help build and create this, this amazing environment that you've got and a very successful business at that. Um, so, Isaac, have you got any more questions I, you want to I get through? Have, you got I question? do have a question. You do? You mentioned you spent <laughs> time. Is <laughs> that Harley? You mentioned you spent time uh, training uh, commandos. Correct. Right, somehow I've made it through the vetting process. By some miracle, I've made it through. I've probably passed the online quiz yep. somehow. Yep. You see me walk into the commando camp. Yep. Do your eyes light up? What would you do to me? Oh, I'd be <laughs> super stoked to have you there. Super stoked. You always need a go-to guy to make do bad stuff. And you would be my go-to guy. <laughs> you would be what I'd class as candidate 38. <laughs> can you do stuff all day? There's weird stuff and make you carry stuff that you didn't want to carry. Yeah, my eyes would just light up. I can imagine. I can imagine. But do you think you, you could take, with your training, you could take a person off the streets and turn them into a hardened um, soldier? Uh, this is, um, people have different views on it. I believe you either have it or you don't. Yep. Um, you either have it or you don't, and you won't know it till you put in a situation. Um, some people have it and they're... They can just do it. They're mentally strong, um, and they when they're put in a situation, they can um, they can actually go really well. It might even be, you know, a mum. You know, there is some. There was even kids I watched on um, on sixty minutes the other night who were just heroic. You know, when their dad shot their mum, and they really stepped up. And one kid's bashing like bashing his dad to get him off him. Um, and then there are some people with their fight or flight mechanism that just don't have it. I, I don't know whether it's something you can. You can train, you can expose people to stuff and maybe with constant exposure to things they develop it. Um, but I kind of think that it's something that you either do or don't have and then all as the military does is just refine that. And um, usually the way it does that is through things like the commando selection course or the special forces selection course and there are ways, techniques and that that you, know, you can test out if someone... Has that, um, has that sort of key attribute that you're looking for or whether they don't. And, you know, it might be as simple as keeping them awake for days, not giving them any food, making them do stupid, mindless routine that um, they don't know why they're doing it and just to see whether they'll do it or whether they'll crack, cry, crumble and want to leave the course. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think people have it in them and also, like for me and what I sort of saw and taught in that was just trying to find that, refine it in them, find it and then refine it within them. Right, could that, as the resident doctor of uh, modern day thoughts, could that be a, um, a genetic base? Um, as in... 
the your ideal mental be, ability be, comes from a genetic inheritance. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I, I, I know there was a study on mice where they would they would spray a lemon smell, a citrusy mm-hmm. smell, into the cage. And then a couple of seconds later, they'd shock the mice. Mm-hmm. But then their offspring, once they sprayed the lemon smell, they would freak out. They would mm-hmm. be very, um, very, quite afraid of mm-hmm. the lemon smell. Could that be passed through generations of mental so, toughness? Yeah, so the thing is, um, I mean, our genes as a species, they haven't, haven't changed much for over 10,000 years. So we're still an animal as such. And as an animal, we've all been instilled with a gene code that is you know, fit for survival. Um, like, like Lee was saying, we've got the fight or flight uh, mechanism and we've got um, you know, the ability to run and, and defend ourselves and all that kind of stuff. So genetically, we have been wired up to be able to um, have that toughness of survival. But from generation to generation, I think more so through environmental factors, you'll either um, express that ability or you'll start to dampen it down so that you know, you, you start to develop um, uh, families and children that are either kind of weaker mentally and physically or you develop, you know, families and children that are stronger mentally and physically. So I think we've all got the genetic ability to be able to, to do these things. It's more the environment that gets created around us that's, that's going to you know, bring it out. I, I, think, I think that's what Lee was saying. Yeah, environment and experience, I think. Yeah. I, I, I do believe there is something within you and the, um, you either have it or you don't, and the environment and the experiences that you have will either allow you to you know, find that within you and, and use it, as opposed to someone who never gets those experiences. And that. Mm. Um, yeah, like, you know, I did a fair few deployments to places around the world, not-so-nice not places, and those experiences and that um, that I got sort of allowed me to, to find something within myself and I'll bring it out you know, in workouts and that, and um, in comps that I've done, people are like, oh, I don't know how you got, you just found that little bit of extra strength, and then it's, it's just been exposed to different experiences that allows that to happen, I think. Absolutely. Mm. Now, Lee, we've all got places to go. We could talk all day, and I think we'll get you back on the podcast at some point, but after it's all this health and fitness talk, I've got to go to the pub. So, um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If anyone wants to join or come down and, and check out a session here at the Royal Commando Gym in Gateshead, what do they need to do? Um, mate, they can just jump onto our, our new website, um, www.project-3.com.au uh, and go to the CrossFit uh, section of it. Go to the CrossFit section, um, either email or phone us through the contact page, uh, have a quick chat, let us know what time you want to come down and pretty much come down and just try a session, see the environment, see if you like it. If you do, maybe we can convert you. Convert you. I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much, Lee, from uh, Raw Commando Gym here at Gateshead. Make sure you check out Fritten Fresh on the website, frittenfresh.com.au for all your food needs. Get stuck into that. Bryce Fleming, thank you so much again. Thanks, Isaac. I reckon we should do this next week. What do you think? Yeah, mate. I'll see what I'm up to. I'm pretty pleased. Lee, pleasure. Absolutely. My name's Isaac Butterfield. Have a great day, guys, and make sure you subscribe. Catch you later. Thanks, guys.